Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This is Unrestricted. Aubrey and Will. Sitting with your favorites. Sharing stories of thrill. A weekly tradition. Always easy. Welcome to AEW Unrestricted. I'm Will Washington, along with the BFF, the one and only Aubrey Edwards. You're calling me your BFF now? Oh, I feel like we're going steady. This is great. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Do people don't say that anymore? Or are we just old as hell now? <laughs> I don't know. My daughter. I asked my daughter what the term is now because, like, it, it, you know, going steady was like right after or right before I was like in high school, and it was just like. Mm-hmm. Go with or go out, right? That was like, that was it. And then it was Facebook official for a bit, but like yeah. most people in our generation aren't even on Facebook anymore. So yeah, it's- I, it, my daughter didn't really have an answer for me. She's just like, I don't know, dating. I was like, okay, that's fine. That means she has a secret boyfriend you don't want to know about. Oh no, I know about the, the the boyfriends. Anyway, how Whoa. are you, Aubrey? <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm really excited to talk to our guest today and whatnot. But uh, let's see, what fun stuff has happened at work recently? Oh, did I tell you about the time I got kicked in the head? <laughs> yes, but I'm going to pretend like I'm hearing it for the first time because I was like right there, right after. But it it was in it was in my mind because I was at the I was at the doctor this morning. And they, when they don't understand wrestling, like, and you tell them you're a referee, the first question they always ask is like, well, do you get hit sometimes? I'm like, yeah, actually more than you think. Uh, and there was a situation recently on Rampage. I'm going to keep all of the names out of it, but people will probably figure it out just be, given the matches that I ref. There was a match on Rampage recently where I just happened to be too close to the action and the kick out that happened was very uh, large and excited and someone's body came down on top of me through basically their foot. And I immediately am like, oh, I just got kicked in the head. And I'm trying to like sit there and like do like a little like, okay, how am I? I know where I am. We have about 90 seconds left in this match. I know what the finish is. Okay, cool. We can keep doing this. So we keep going. The match ends great. All that stuff, blah, blah, blah. I do the right thing. I go to medical. I'm like, hey, I just got hit in the head. Want to make sure we're fine. We do the whole test. They're like, nope, you're totally fine. We're just going to give you a bag of ice. It's cool. So, of course, because there's a bunch of other people in the medical room, I'm like, I'm just going to go talk to the guy and make sure that he knows that this is an accident. I fully understand this is an accident. And I tell him, like, hey, man, you know I got kicked in the head? He's like, what? Oh, my God. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, don't worry about it. Like, 100% accident. Not the first time. Won't be the last. But I just wanted you to know so that, like, you know that I'm not mad about it. So you don't hear it secondhand from anybody or whatever. And he goes, wait. Is that why my toe hurts? And it was just this incredible moment of like, yep, I have a very hard head. I'm really sorry about that. But yeah, that's a, the the side note. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, you don't get in the action too much. It's like, no, I get in the action. You just never really know. Yeah, you, you definitely get in the action. I, I saw you right after that moment. And it was very much like a, okay, don't talk to her. Because you were like very stoic. You were just like... I got to get to medical. It hurt. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. Having I, a grown man see. fall on you hurts, man. <laughs> I, I went back and watched the match immediately after to see if I could catch where it happened. Um, but props to you for continuing to go because, honestly, you you got your composure back and you finished the match. Oh, and It was only like 90 seconds. It's a lot worse when you get hurt early on in the match. You're like, oh, I still have like 15 minutes left. This is going to suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, Will, who do we have on the podcast today? 
Somebody that I, I'm quite familiar with. I actually have significant podcast history with. I had to pull it up right before here. The first time I interviewed this person was March 26th, 2011. Whoa. Quite some time ago. And then he actually did my former podcast not that long ago. But then I left that show. And so I didn't get to actually be a part of that episode. Uh, but the one and only Chris Hero is here. Yeah. What's going on, guys? Hello. Hi. Shout out Felipe for the RBR back in the day. Yeah, I know. Felipe Diaz Vera, my old co-host from RBR, who who actually actively set all that up because he the first time he started working at AEW, we actually talked about that uh, and the fact that you guys, uh, he had done a video for you in the MV zone. That was correct. Yes, yeah. I was, was and still am to this day a massive fan of wrestling music videos uh, and the time and skill it takes to go into that. And I held a contest. I believe it was... 2007-ish, maybe maybe 2008, and it was like, hey, submit your best Chris Hero video, and I had no clue that there would be nearly 20 videos submitted, so we had to break it down into four different categories, and we had four different winners, and I remember giving away an elbow pad, a ring jacket, um, and I believe Felipe got the red, white, and blue zip-up that I wore. Uh, That's cool. When uh, when I won Survival of the Fittest, so I believe. Hopefully, he still has it. I think he <laughs> wore it to. Uh, I did a show in the Miami area for a group called Ronin, and he came out to the show, and I was like, "Oh shit, what, what's going on, man?" Oh, I love this. So yeah, I talked to him fairly, not like terribly often, but every once in a while. So I'll make sure to uh, bring his attention to this episode because I think he's going to lose it just hearing that story. But it's Chris Hero, guys. Uh, Yay! Chris, hey. Chris Hero, of course, has a, a massive history in the wrestling industry and also just an amazing mind for pro wrestling and probably it remains incredibly humble about it, but it's it's an amazing thing where like Chris Hero just pulls out these random facts about <laughs> everything pro wrestling and I love working around Chris Hero. It's been great having you behind the scenes and AEW, which you've been for the last several months. You started not too long after I did. I believe you started beginning of Collision, correct? First Collision. First Collision. Yeah, I remember I, you walked in and I was like, oh my God, it's Chris Hero who's just hey guys. here. And, and the thing is, Chris Hero is like the nicest man on earth. Oh, 100%. Yeah, but the hard thing is you're also like, super tall so of course you walk into a room and you dominate the room and but you're just so kind and just so kind yeah. to everybody you encounter and so it's it's always great having chris hero around yeah i've had that it's it's so funny i just i try to be pleasant i try to be nice i think a lot of it comes from working as a teacher slash coach you don't want to be threatening right and especially when you're a big dude you don't want to come in and be aggressive and so i tried to disarm people and then, you know, let them know that I know stuff about their career or their past or their history or whatever, just so that I'm not just, hey, hello, hi, you know, the, the fake uh, glad handing that kind of goes a lot, goes on a lot in just any, any type of business, but especially pro wrestling. So just over the years, I've had people that I meet and then, you know, it's, a, I've known them for about a year. And they're just like, man, I used to, I thought I thought you were full of shit. Like I, I just didn't know. So some people just some people don't know how to take me. I think it's harder to be an asshole. I think it's harder to go out of your way to be a jerk than I think it makes you feel better. It makes other people feel better. Just to be pleasant. And then it's okay to have a an outburst or something, but as long as you go. I'm not mad at you. I'm just, I'm just mad about the situation, you know, so, so that people don't take it on themselves. So especially in wrestling, there's so much adrenaline involved. I always try to advise people the second you get back to the curtain, like that is not the place or time to air your grievances because you're just so fired up. You'll say things that you regret. You'll make a scene and people that don't even know you or aren't even a part of the situation just observe this thing and i've i've been there before i've done it and i've been embarrassed by it but it's just we're passionate right we care about this we love it we want it to go well so sometimes you know we just get a little fired up let's go uh yeah let's go as we were talking about before we uh, started hitting record yeah i love so far like we've only been talking for like five minutes and already i'm just like yep this is why chris and i are friends mm -hmm. because everything you're saying i'm just sitting here nodding like yep yep 100 believe agree with yep and this is why we, I think, work so well together. I really enjoy working with you. I tell you this all the time. And it's it's kind of like my thing that I'm sad about. My, my like, calming voice on the headset. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love hearing the, the Chris Hero sultry sounds on my headset. 
It's legitimately one of the things that I'm like upset that like I, wor- I work primarily on Dynamite and not on Collision. I'm like, man, I'd really love to get to work with Chris Hero more. <laughs> no, but it, it is nice and special when we do get to work together. So it is it, whether it's, hey, can you come and help me with this board? Uh, let's put some names <laughs> on the board. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> can you help with ref assignments? Can you, you know, so it's I'm in like three or four of those AEW text threads throughout the day. Oh, the ones that like run our company. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It can get uh, inundating where you're like, uh, who do I, who do I talk to? And you're texting someone who's literally sitting right there. You're like, Oh, okay, let's get it done. Well, you text them. Cause you're also texting 20 other people at the same time. Group text, the AEW story. Mm-hmm. Yes. But anyway, uh, <laughs> as, as we had chatted about, <laughs> uh, so you came on at the very first collision, but how did that whole conversation start? I have known Sanjay Duck for a very long time. And Sanjay was kind of the go-between for you know a couple offers that were made for me in the ring in the past uh, year or two. And I've you know stayed in touch with Sanjay. I think I first met Sanjay... 02, or it was at least 03, maybe 02, when he was doing CZW, he came in and did some IWA Mid-South. And, you know, we've just been buddies off and on for years. And I just had expressed to him, you know, I was just kind of telling him what I had been doing, where I came in and helped out with ROH uh, in about the last six months of the Sinclair era. And then I uh, hopped over to IWC in Pittsburgh to help kind of produce and, and format those shows. And then uh, this whole thing that I've done this year with West Coast, I, I would just give him little tidbits here or there on what I was doing. And Collision comes up. Uh, they're going to need some more people. You know, we have a ton of coaches, but it's still just a lot. So it helps. Like, for instance, uh, at the last pay-per-view, I had two segments uh, and then there were two of us that were working together to get the segments down, to get the times down, to get all the notes. So it's it's just very helpful to have as many people as possible. It was you and Ari on that because you're talking about the ladder yes. match. Yes, ladder match. And then also the sting match. Myself and all right. crews. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so that was hilarious because I'm out there for the ladder match and I know Ari's the coach because I've chatted with him a little bit about it. But then I hear the sweet, sultry sound of Chris Hero <laughs> in my headset and I'm like, oh, Oh, this is great. I've got both of them. Oh, this is wonderful. <laughs> so I'm really happy we did that because that match was all over the place. Yeah. And the good thing is we're sitting right next to each, each other. I can hear what he's calling and then I can just handle the stuff either that he's not seeing because he's looking at something else or I can just handle the times and I can just, hey guys, 10 to go, nine to go, eight to go, whatever. So Sanjay had asked if I was interested in that. And then I was like, yes, but this, that, and the other. So what we worked out was I would come in for five dates. He's like, let me know what your schedule is. Let me know. And then that was like Chicago. Then there were two in Toronto and there were two in Hamilton. And then once that was done, we'd kind of reconvene and go, Hey, you know, what do you think long-term? Uh, and then I just was, I had a couple conditions. I didn't want to give up any of the stuff I was doing with West coast. I wanted to, make my return elsewhere before even thinking about doing anything with AEW. Because it's just, if I end up doing something in the ring with AEW, I want it to be as special as possible. And not just something that's done just for the the spontaneous moment of it. And then, oh, it's, it's over and it's done. That's where the whole TK tweeting... I'm chipping away at him, you know, because I sit next to him at the desk every week. I, I watch it at work every time yeah. I see you. And it's like little by little, he's working on it. And he's yeah. he's trying to get that AEW return for Chris Hero. Yeah. And then the thing is, it's never that I was like, I don't want to wrestle for AEW. It's just I realize how complex and vast the company is. I wouldn't be satisfied with just doing a one-off thing like oh i'm here i'm there i would prefer to do something with with some thought put into it and something that builds toward the future and it you know something that can be more than what it starts as so i just wanted to be and then also i've been out of the ring three and a half years Uh, (laughs) i gotta get my head right i gotta get my body right and i've been working on that so those were kind of my conditions and there was like yeah yeah no problem here we you know we need the help we we'd like your help specifically so let's uh let's work on a deal and then we'll get you on every every collision except for when you have west coast and then you maybe you make it up on a dynamite or or you do an extra pay-per-view or something so that's been my schedule and so far so good it's been it's been a lot i haven't been on the road this much 
since maybe even before I went back to NXT. Because with NXT, it was some travel loops, but mostly West Palm Beach, uh, Largo, Winter Haven, Jacksonville. You know, it's, it's so it, you're not getting any frequent flyer miles, right? You're getting... <laughs> You're getting oil changes. <laughs> While this has been a challenge to hit the road, especially with my West Coast stuff as well, it's been a challenge to hit the road so hard again, but it's been great. Uh, everybody's been wonderful. Everybody's been, um, you know, appreciative, but then also understanding like, you know, I got the full gear late because of travel. That sucked. I didn't like that, but it's still, it still worked. I, I want to talk a lot about that return to the ring. This felt monumental to me, and uh, it was such a big moment. And I think we can start with that right after we get back right here on AEW Unrestricted. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, Answer a few questions and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. AEW Unrestricted, we're back. It's Aubrey and Will with our special guest, Chris Hero. Chris! You just made your return to the ring, West Coast Pro. It was Full Gear Weekend. I've been to many a West Coast show. Shout out Righteous Reg, who, who hooked me up with the, my first uh, visit to West Coast Pro. And ever since then, I, I fully have an understanding of what exactly goes on there. But more importantly, you have had a, that this has been kind of your baby here. And you made your return to the ring after three and a half years. What was that like? Exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was uh, it, it was actually exhausting physically, emotionally, but it was also very fulfilling. I to kind of give like a, a, a short version of the story. During my hiatus from the ring, I came out to the West Coast. I I knew a guy named Levi Shapiro, and he's like, "Hey, I love you, Levi." Yeah, Levi's great. Levi was like, "Hey, come check out a show and do a seminar. Like, we'd love to have you there." Because he's somebody that I met years ago and just long distance have kind of kept in touch with. And he asked if I was interested. And sure enough, a couple months later, I got with uh, the owner of West Coast Pro, Scott Bergani, and said, hey, uh, I'd like to come in and do a do a show, do, do a seminar. Uh, you know, he asked about Rachel, if Rachel wanted to come in and wrestle. And then we're like, yeah, let's let's do it. And he's like, hey, you want to go to a Warriors game? And I was like, of course, let's go to a Warriors game. So... I don't know if he was buttering me up or what, but we just, we came, we had a, we had a great time. And I just really noticed, I've seen a lot of independent wrestling over the years. I can't really put my finger on what it was specifically about this place, but there was just something about the spirit of the company, the fans, the, the locker room, just the familiar nature of it all that I just felt like, man, this is a place I could really see myself getting involved with. I kept in touch with Scott offered to come in and help produce the shows, which is a position that does not exist on the independent wrestling scene because uh, everything is just uh, write some names on a piece of paper. This is the order they're going to go in. Hopefully we play the right music for the right person. And hopefully this cue happens and whatever. What I do, not all of it is a hundred percent necessary, but I like having it in place so that it is as helpful as possible for everyone from the referees to the ring announcers to the music to the cameramen to the whatever, just so that you have these practices in place. It just makes things just a, just a bit better. The, the shows run a little bit more smoothly. Uh, the wrestlers have a little bit more direction. And after a couple months of kind of uh, thinking about it, he came back to me and was like, Hey, yeah, let's, let's do something. Let me see what you offer. Let me, whatever. So I came out uh, mania 
was it was it the week before Mania weekend? Yes, it was. Their West Coast Best Coast show. I came just to watch the show, just to hang out, just to see what was going on, uh, knowing that I had worked out this thing with Scott, but we weren't going to announce it until the next month. And then I just kind of was overcome. <laughs> I think we were coming back from intermission and I just went out and took the uh, microphone from the ring announcer and told everybody I was the new matchmaker for West Coast. Oh. So what was cool about that is, is Scott knew, but like, he didn't really know that I was going to do that right there. And then people in the company didn't know I was coming aboard. Everybody was you know, nice and hello. Hey, good to see you. Whatever. Also kind of like, why are you here? But <laughs> I just felt felt like it was a, a fun, spontaneous thing to do. And then we got to work on the next couple shows. I've now have um, helped run nine West Coast shows. And it's a, it's it's a whole process. It's I go in. I go up to the wrestling school in Pacifica. Uh, shout out Starboy Charlie and his his folks, Babyface Boxing Gym in Pacifica. So we go up there. I spend a, a night in the ring with the students, uh, young and new. Maybe we have some people traveling in from out of town for the show that will hit, hit up training. And then I make sure the show's formatted. I get to the venue. I talk to every single match, every all the referees, all the announcers, commentators, everything. And you, usually it's myself, Scott. Vinny will be there also. Vinny is in Japan right now. But to try to cover every base uh, and then throughout the show kind of give a little bit of feedback, a little condensed feedback because you don't have a lot of time when a show's live. And then when the show is done, we all hang out as a group and kind of <sighs> everybody can exhale, right? It's been a long day. Everybody puts a lot into it. And then the next day I'm insistent that I stay in town. I get with Scott. We watch the whole show back start to finish. Otherwise, the further away you get from a show, the less likely you are to go back and watch it. And we want to just make sure that these little details for a commentator, for a ring announcer, or the way we shoot something kind of carries on to the next show. Because this happens all the time in any type of industry, but especially in pro wrestling, where you see something and you go, oh, I need to talk to them about that. And then you just don't talk to them. And then you watch it and they do the same thing again. And you're like, ah, man, I messed up. I should have taken time to whether it's something technical in a match, whether it's something the way a match is being presented or we bleed from one thing to the other. So getting staying that extra day, making a full like three, four days of it is more than just coming in and doing a show. So throughout the course of the year, I'm, I've kind of been embedded into the West Coast Pro family. I've got relationships with everybody there. I give my number to everyone. And it's just, I don't know, man, it makes you feel good to be a part of something that you have no ownership over, right? So these like younger wrestlers that I work with, like for instance, AlphaZo, by the time this airs, he'll be in Japan, right? His first time. I know how much that means to him. Right. It's not me going to Japan. It's him going to Japan. But I am invested in him and how he does and how he performs and how he's going to take this experience and just push it to the next level when he gets back. So this type of coaching, teaching, mentoring, whatever you want to call it, big brothering, it really helps you feel more fulfilled in pro wrestling because you just tie yourself to other people's careers. And, you know, we just want everybody to succeed. And I think I learned that by so many of my peers becoming multi-million dollar stars in the world of pro wrestling, just the best of the best. Right. So instead of having the mindset of like, that should be me or I should be there with them. It's like, I'm a part of their journey and I'm fulfilled by having been a part of a part of their trip a part of their story that's why um the mania mania uh in new orleans many years ago uh that was where danielson won mm -hmm. claudio won that damn battle royal by tossing big show over the top tall paul if you will just <laughs> what a just what a cool night for me to just uh, be watching from afar and just see these loud ovations and people jumping up and screaming for two people that i was very intertwined with with my career so just this experience has helped me because three and a half years is a long time especially when you're as pro wrestling obsessed as i am it has really helped keep me grounded and keep my eyes on where I want to go, what I want to do. But in the meantime, I can still be productive. And that's also why coaching is just so coaching at AEW is just so important to me to be there, to be a part of this. And, uh, you know, I'm not on camera, but I, my spirit's there. Right. Can I issue you one slight correction <laughs> just because, because <laughs> it's a fun one. Cause I was there at that show 
when you were announced as the official matchmaker of West Coast Pro. And I thought, was that Mania Weekend? No, that was AEW Revolution Weekend. Yes. Ah. <laughs> it was. Yes. But it was... Was it two weeks before Mania? It was in the same area. It was a month before Mania. It was was a month before Mania, San Francisco. And, but. That just represents how much the West Coast has really been eating good this year in pro wrestling, right? That they, mm-hmm. they had a big weekend. They had, uh, we did revolution there and then we just finished full gear and like the West Coast has, has really had the a most. whole lot of good pro wrestling. And for a promotion like West Coast Pro, who really benefits from those crowds that are coming in, it's been a great year for them. It's kind of funny because one of the things that goes around with these AEW shows are shots of the crowd. There were some fantastic shots of the crowd from the forum. Like it just looked so good. So nice. I realize it's a pay-per-view, but man, this is, we're a work in progress. We're just, everybody behind the scenes is just dedicated to pushing this thing forward. So when, you know, you have those light nights and you're just like, man, I just, you know, we wish we had, especially for the people that are out there busting their ass in the ring. Like, you know, we want every, every show to be sold out. We want people, uh, you know, begging to get it, but Mm -hmm. that's just not always the case in pro wrestling. If you look historically, it's just, sometimes it's tough, but full gear was a great reminder of like, man, just this place is packed everybody's having a great time. It's a long ass show, but you know what? They're, they're checked in. So I I love the form. Honestly, I think it's a really classic looking arena. I tweeted about it the night after the show that, you know, I I love all the arenas we run. Um, I especially love the more up to date arenas that we get to run and, and, and seeing all of the, the cool LEDs, all of that. But I also love an arena like the Forum, where it has none of that. There's no LED classic. boards in the crowd. There's nothing. It literally is just a sea of people. It is a very classic-looking venue. You know it when you see it. And, yeah, when you can get good crowd shots of a place like that, where, like I said, you see no LEDs. There's no branding all throughout. As cool as that is and as important as that is, uh, and there's a reason why it's done, I love seeing just a good, cool, classic-looking arena. It's just a sea of humanity. Yeah. Thousands and thousands of people from all over the world. It's just really cool. You know, why Why are they all there together, right? There's no reason they would <laughs> ever be together. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just special. And I think we talked about this the other night. There is just something to be said for a venue that has its own personality. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in a you're in a video game and you're like trying to pick which setup you want it's or street fighter or whatever it is. You're like, Ooh, I want to fight here. I want to fight there. Like it's awesome when you can tell a venue just by popping it on for 10 seconds, you go oh, they're at the Boston garden. Oh, they're at MSG. Yeah. Oh, that's the ECW arena. Oh, Queens Elks lodge, you know? So it's, it's important for us to have those, those venues. Before we move past uh, West Coast Pro, because I we talk about your involvement as matchmaker and you being involved with the show. And uh, just as a side note, I love that when indies understand the importance of bringing in someone with TV experience and to help, even though it's an indie, because the jump from indie to TV is so massive. And that little bit of experience you're giving everyone from the refs, wrestlers to the refs to literally everybody, a little bit more insight is just going to help them be so much better. And I wish more indies did this. So thanks, West Coast Pro. Anyway, yeah. you wrestled Timothy Thatcher. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. Is, the, is an incredible performer, one of my favorite wrestlers. We've had him on AEW. But you two have an incredible history together. So to have this be your first match back, I thought was so fitting. What was this whole process of wrestling Thatcher after you guys have had the history together? What was it like? Man, he is just a tough, physical man. I don't know. He just he has that catch wrestler thing about him, uh, that gotch, that Billy Robinson, that, uh, you know, he's just so strong and physical and his technique is exceptional. I just thought it would be a great test for myself to go up against somebody that I'm familiar with. Uh, But at the same time, I know I know he's not going to take it easy on me. I, it felt like the perfect situation for me, the, uh, somebody that I have history with, someone that we can get people interested in us having another match. And then also the work that, uh, that different people put in to promote the match. You know, Joseph Montecilio made a, a, a nice rivalry video, a video essay 
uh, IQ wrestler put together this kick-ass music video, just kind of flashing forward through our seven matches that we had had prior. A lot of people wrote pieces. I did a bunch of interviews. Uh, and he's, he's someone that I, I, I had history with, and I knew that I wanted to wrestle again. You know, I see guys, and I'm just like, oh, man, I just want to either wrestle them for the first time. I want to wrestle them again. I just felt that... That, that show that I announced myself as a matchmaker, he wrestled Speedball Mike Bailey. Oh, my God. And I'm those are two guys that are uniquely them. What they bring to the table, if you want what they have, you can only get it from them. You can get people that have similarities, but there is, they're just so iconically themselves that, you know, maybe that even – I didn't have that thought back then, but – Maybe that planted the seed for someone that I, I wanted to, to have a match with, somebody that I wanted to come back against. And just just to for the people listening to this that have not gotten a chance to see or maybe are hearing this for the first time, West Coast Pro Wrestling, right? That's the company that's based out of San Francisco or even South San Francisco. Uh, you can go to their YouTube channel. You can watch the whole show. It's streamed live. The show is still up on YouTube. Uh, the music videos that have been done, the essay video, those are all on the West Coast Pro channel. Uh, so please check those out and, and let us know you, what you think, because a lot went into it, not just me. It meant a lot to be able to go to West Coast Pro and the people that have seen me as a helping hand behind the scenes or, like I said, a mentor, an uncle, a big brother, whatever you want to call it, to then see me putting spandex on, <laughs> to see me with a spray bottle, kind of getting ready for, for a match of my own. It was really cool to have things kind of kind of switched around and everybody was so loving and so supportive uh, and so appreciative. I am so, so glad I was able to come back and I'm even happier that I was able to do it at West Coast Pro. Hell yeah, man. I love it. I love it. I love this conversation so far. I love Chris Hero. This Let's is go. phenomenal. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we've got so much more to talk about here on AEW Unrestricted. Coming up! AEW Unrestricted. I'm Will. She's Aubrey. And of course, yeah. he's Chris Hero. And Chris, we've been talking a lot about your return to the ring. Uh, but I want to go back to before you missed all the in-ring time. <laughs> I kind of want to talk about it from a couple of perspectives because one of the things you mentioned before, um, you talked about Mania 30 and getting to see guys that you came up with and seeing Claudio have uh, his big moment, seeing Brian have his big moment. Um, these are guys you currently work with. As a matter of fact, a whole heap of your wrestling past is in the AEW locker room. It's in the office. It's in pretty much every aspect of the company. There are people who know and worked with Chris Hero. How has that been for you being back in or being in AEW for the first time, but at the same time being around so many familiar names? Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of these people I haven't seen for years, hadn't socialized with for a very long time. Uh, and then there's some people I'm meeting for the very first time, right? There's some people I had never worked, had no reason to ever work with. So it's a clash of the new younger wrestlers that are familiar with what I've done and, you know, look up to me or ask me for advice. Uh, the newer, new wrestlers that aren't, don't really know who I am or what I've done. The older star wrestlers that may not be quite sure what I've done. And then the people that I spent hours and hours in cars with and planes and trains, automobiles, all that good stuff. It's a good mixture. Like Jimmy Jacobs, right? He's, I sit in, sit in the office with him and he is somebody that I met when he was 15 years old. He was jumping Jimmy Jacobs. He came to the ring on a pogo stick. I believe it was August 13th, 1999. I think that's the exact date on it. Show in uh, Platteville, Wisconsin. I'm going to look that up on Cage Match right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> that was also the first show that I met Tracy Smothers. So it's just oh, burned awesome. into my brain. But then there's guys like Orange, you know, Darby. I've, I've known Darby since, uh, you know, maybe his first 10 matches in wrestling. There's quite a few if you look up and down. You said Platteville, Wisconsin? Yes, sir. Yeah. And he wrestled Blitzkrieg Kid? Yeah. yeah which sure would did. be his older brother. Look at that. They came down from Michigan. And then also like uh, somebody like a Tony Schiavone, somebody like a Sting that I'm meeting for the first time and just getting to know them on a week-to-week -week basis. I've done a bunch of stuff in wrestling, right? But they've done a bunch of stuff in wrestling. So 
I never want to be like, look, hey guys, like, uh, did you know that uh, in IWA Mid-South or, you know, in this company called Evolve, like I'm, I'd never want to do that. But if they end up seeing or hearing something and ask me about it, I'm more than happy to tell them. But it's just a, a funny thing where, so Sting is a great example where I worked with them at Wembley on the coffin casket deal. And I had never really even said hi to Sting because there was never really an opportunity to do so. So working with him there was the first time. And then now it's been like every other week I'll see Sting and do something with him. So he's just slowly getting to know me. And then uh, he, he's just been so, so dang nice. Right. What a pleasure. Right. Given all the things he's done in wrestling. And then I was able to tell him a little bit like, oh, you know, this guy like. Claudio, like I used to team with him and, uh, orange, you know, I was his teacher, Malachi black. Yeah. He, he was one of my students. Like, and he's just like, really like, wow, that's fascinating. So I never expect anyone to know me or know what I've done. Right. And I think that's just the best way to do it because you're never disappointed. You're always pleasantly surprised. It is great to be in an environment with so many people that I've known from so many different eras of my career. And it's, I don't know, it's just good vibes, right? You just see, you see certain people and you just smile. You're like, man, that's great. I'm, I'm glad they're, they're here. I'm glad I get to spend a little bit of time with them, even though you don't spend any time with them. You talk to them, you, you sit in catering, you talk, and then it's like, well, you see them two, two weeks later. But just even that little bit is enough to kind of uh, make you feel good about your decisions that brought you here. Fun story for Will. Oh. Will, do you know the first time I met Chris Hero? I can't imagine when it would have been, but it was during one of my WWE tryouts. That's what I had. That's where I was going to go. It was a random city in Florida, and I was assigned his match. And the point of feedback I specifically remember walking away from it is that Hero wanted me to raise his hand at a particular moment in the music where it swelled, so that we had that big wah. (laughs) And it's from that moment I'm like, every little detail matters. That was the big thing I took away from that. So thank you for that, Chris Hero. Yeah. Well, I don't remember telling you that, but I do remember in my match Friday night with Tim Thatcher, where I'm standing next to the referee and I'm letting the music play out and I waited to the right moment and raised my hand. Not that it matters, but it matters. But it does, it does matter, matter. I, but it matters, right? So depending <laughs> on who it's mattering to, it will tell you whether it matters or not. So I, I remember uh, chatting with you at the Performance Center. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I was terrified. Hey, cool. Of course, we all are. We all are. <laughs> well, talking a bit about your wrestling history, I uh, there's a little piece of me that gets a little giddy pretty much every time I see you in the same room with Claudio. Because, you know, everything and anything is possible in AEW, I've learned. And I'm like, I'm going to see the Kings of Wrestling together again. I just know I am. It's just a matter of when and how. But I want to talk about that that team because that was a very significant part of your career. A lot of people associate Claudio Castagnoli with Chris Hero. And then a lot of people don't exactly know that you guys have that history together because it happened across uh, a plethora of independent promotions, but it didn't exactly really get to shine uh, on a bigger stage. But talk a little bit about that history you have with Claudio. I met Claudio Castagnoli in January of 2002 on a show, you know, I probably would have met him the night prior in a show in Germany, but it was a show in Switzerland for the Swiss Wrestling Federation. Uh, and he teamed with his partner, Aris, and they were Swiss money holding. They were these Swiss bankers. Oh, my God. And then I got to <laughs> got to spend some time with Claudio and his partner. And at that time, the European scene was starved for any type of veteran presence. The guys that were pros... England and throughout continental Europe, when the business kind of fell apart, they just left. They didn't try to stay in wrestling. You know, there were a handful of them, but for the most part, there were no schools. There were no ways to teach wrestling. So a lot of these guys just kind of taught themselves. So I had been in wrestling, you know, coming up on four years, not quite four years. And I just had a certain way of putting my matches together with a, with a certain kind of structure and a, a thought process behind you do it here because of this, you do it here because of that, which is always a work in progress. And they did not quite have that same thing over there. So I remember them being like, 
why do you do this or how do you do that or whatever. And that worked its way into me holding seminars and training camps throughout Europe. Um, you know, I had them in Switzerland, in Germany, Austria, uh, the Netherlands. I would do these camps, France, where sometimes it would be a day, sometimes it would be a weekend, sometimes it would be a whole week. Uh, and I just amassed this collection of European wrestlers that were young and hungry and wanted to learn stuff. Uh, and one of them that was the most dedicated was Claudio. Like, you know, without a doubt, the most dedicated. And so that was O2. And then I stayed in touch with him through AOL Instant Messenger. LCC was uh, was Claudio's old AIM name. And he was just like, hey, uh, I want to get you over here to do some more camps and to do some more whatever. And then, then it became, okay, I want to come to the States. Who do, who do I need to talk to? What do I need to do? And then he came over a couple times. He even came over all by himself to do the Dave Taylor camp in Atlanta, which would have been maybe a month after I had, I had done the first Dave Taylor training camp. Uh, he And he did his camp with Jimmy Jacobs. Jimmy Jacobs mm. was in Atlanta, Georgia, so they would have met there for the first time. And then in 2004, September, uh, Claudio had moved over to the United States because he won the green card lottery. Um, he checked off all the boxes of all the things you needed. He sent his name in and they picked his name and he was able to come over to the U.S. legally and live here and make a living. And then from there, it was traveling together and then getting him on shows when possible. And then once people saw him, they were like, of course, I'm going to use him. And then once they saw him wrestle, they're like, OK, well, we need him for this show, this show, this show. Uh, and then we started to team just on a couple random shows here or there, uh, he became one of my underlings in CZW. He would wear my gear as kind of like, oh, this guy's with Hero, whatever, just kind of funny looking back on. Uh, and then it didn't take long before he just kind of broke out onto his own. And we parlayed a thing that started in Chikara, and then we brought it to CZW. We brought it eventually to Ring of Honor. We were the kings of wrestling. From there... We had a series of matches with Roderick Strong and Austin Aries. We won the tag belts. Uh, we wrestled the Briscoes. We just had a lot of fun matches. And then that was like our first run. You know, it's, it started with like the whole CZW invasion, that whole thing. And then eventually we were just kind of, I don't want to say in singles purgatory because that's not the right way to say it, but we were the guys in other people's stories and we, the stories weren't about us. And that's okay. That's how it is in wrestling, right? So what is just really cool is that I was in a program that I lost, you know, at the end of the thing and the blow off, I lost. And he was in a program at the end of the day, he lost. And then at the end of the night, we both came out together, beat the hell out of the Briscoes and the Kings of Wrestling were back. And it was just like magical that moment. And then from that point on, the next year and a half was our best run we had our best opponents we had our best matches our synergy uh you know we were doing more tags in japan we got to have a ghc uh, championship match at budokan which is a very cool moment against sano and takiyama um you know we wrestled the motor city machine guns we wrestled the briscoes about 12 times probably that really crystallized all of our you know our best moments and then it wasn't until, you know, we both signed with WWE and then we were in a couple matches together, Claudio and I. And then as a special uh, full sale dark match, we teamed up again against Seth Rollins and CM Punk. And it was like, oh, this is just something kind of fun for the people there live. And there's some photos that kind of circulated. And I had a copy of the match for years that I was like, oh, cool, I got this. Then they put it on like one of those hidden gems DVDs. And I was like, damn. You know, I kind of I wanted to hoard it for myself. Right. But then the other cool thing was in 2018, I'm back in NXT. Claudia's on the main roster. It was my month, my 25th anniversary month. Uh, so it wasn't on the exact date. But that month I had a match with Adam Cole. Uh, who one of my favorite people in wrestling, but also favorite opponents. He's just he's just the best. He's also someone I knew since they, you know, were born into 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 the wrestling business. We had a match, and then he had his group 
you know, his uh, Undisputed Era guys. Uh, they came to beat me up, and then here came Claudio, and it was just like this fun moment where we kind of reunited to do a couple tag moves and and celebrate in front of the crowd. We did our rope to rope high five, which is uh, harder than it looks. <laughs> Again, just something on a house show, a fun moment for to excite the crowd, but then also for the people that know it's special. Right. And for me, it was very special. So, uh, so yeah, I get to see this guy. I don't see him all the time. You know, we're on different shows a lot, but, uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty surreal to see someone who, uh, I would crash in their guest room in Switzerland when I'm doing a training camp or, we would be living at this small apartment in Mexico with these like children's beds or even crash mats. We slept on crash mats, you know, or I just taken the train in Japan, somebody that we've been across the world together and shared a lot of time in ring, out of ring. And just like, oh, there he is. Like he is a fully realized adult man, world class, top of the line pro wrestler. It's just real, real fun to look back on. All right, before we before we call it, I'm just kind of curious because you've been at AEW for a few months now and I enjoy working with you, many enjoy working with you. I would say what's been your favorite part so far of your role as a coach backstage at AEW? In any situation when you're working with somebody old or new and you can kind of see a light bulb go off, oh, it's just so it's so rewarding, right? When I give feedback or give my opinion I often qualify it with like, hey, this may not be right. This is just kind of the way that I'm thinking. And I think it this way because of this. And now it's in your court, right? Hey, try it. Take it if you want. But when you see someone trust in you and go, all right, that sounds right. Maybe I'm not 100% bought in, but let me try it. And then they try it and it works. You feel vindicated. You're like, yeah, yeah, I know what I'm doing. Let's go. Right. (laughs) But at the same time, that builds up your equity with the talent and not just with them. Other people can see that, too. And other people are like, uh, it is so, so flattering to have people say, hey, I'm going to ask if you can coach my match. Is that cool? And, you know, or going forward, like I've had a couple people do that and it's always incredibly flattering. uh, And it's just like, wow. It, it makes you feel good, right? But then also it motivates you to like not fuck up, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? How many times are you like – it's it's a work in progress. I feel like there are aspects of this job that I'm very good at uh, and there's some that it's, it's, a, it's a work in progress, you know, on the job training where – I'll be on headset and I'll just be like, God, I, you know, I missed it or I forgot to say this to someone or I forgot to do this. But that gives me a mental note to come and try to be better next week. You know, a lot of a lot of what we do in the ring, out of the ring comes down to two things, caring and it comes to trying. So, like, if you mess up and it doesn't go well or the, the people don't like it or whatever, as long as you care about that and as long as you try to do better next time. That's all you can ask, really. And doing those things puts you on a trajectory for success. And success is uh, realized in many different ways in pro wrestling. Success isn't always the champion headlining the pay-per-view or getting a, a huge segment on TV that crosses over into this. Like That is one version of success. But there are little bits of success sprinkled all throughout from the moment you get there at call time to the moment the last pre-tape is done and everybody goes home. So the more that I can learn and better prepare people for their jobs, well, one, I'm apparently a wrestler again now, right? So that will that helps me in my own career, my own endeavors. And then it's just uh, the synergistic nature of being a pro wrestler, but then also looking at it from the outside. Like if I was advising someone else, what would I tell them to do? Well, I can just advise myself, (laughs) right? And then I can also put my money where my mouth is. Like if I really believe in this, do it and then see if it works. And then if it doesn't work, either cut bait or figure out why it didn't work and try to engineer a way to make it work. So just this whole the whole process has been so enlightening. It's been so encouraging. It's really helped me also in my comeback to the ring to keep me distracted in a in a positive way of like, okay, I want to come back and be the best and do, you know, do right by the people that have supported me all these years. I don't want to just be a 
Chris Hero cosplay or a tribute act doing my greatest hits of whatever. Like I want to take the essence of who I am and what I've been and what I've meant to people behind the scenes and in the crowd and give it a next chapter. That's what this is about. Coming back to the ring, picking up where I left off and then pushing it forward in just a slightly different direction, a little bit this way, a little bit that way. And who, who am I going to step in the ring with? Who am I going to cross paths with, you know, and how can my coaching help prepare me the best for that. I'm just so happy you're at AEW, finally, because you're one of the people that makes wrestling better just simply by being in the room. So thank you so much for everything you do for us. Yeah, I I really appreciate you guys. And I hope you know, I do my best on a weekly basis to let you know and acknowledge uh, the work you guys do and how much it's appreciated because the nature of this, the adrenaline that comes along with it, you're not always going to feel appreciated because things are hectic. But it is important, those midweek texts or a late night checkup after the show, like those things are really important to kind of keep us together. Yeah, you guys have welcomed me in. I can't thank you enough. And it's just made this experience, which is a very daunting experience to start. Uh, it's made it incredibly fulfilling and it excites me. It's been five months maybe six months we're getting on. Like, I'm curious to see how things unfold in the next six months. And you guys are a big part of that. So thank you. Yeah, I'm super excited. I'm super pumped. You can, you may not know it, but you can catch Chris Hero's amazing coaching work on lots of different shows, primarily Collision on Saturdays on TNT. You can also watch Dynamite on TBS on Wednesdays. You can watch Rampage on Fridays. You can watch Ring of Honor on Thursdays on Honor Club. Watch it all. It's all amazing stuff. We've got amazing people working behind the scenes and in front of the camera. And you've got one more thing, sir? Yeah, just one last shout out. West Coast Pro. Yes. West Coast Pro. Bay Area, West Coast, Best Coast. Uh, if you're looking for, I mean, there's a lot of wrestling now. There's a lot of wrestling. You probably already have the things that you like and the things that you enjoy. You probably already watch all the stuff I rattled through. So there you go. Yes. <laughs> Check out a little bit of the West Coast flavor. West Coast Pro's YouTube channel. We've got our last show on there. We've got some great great performers, uh, both homegrown, but then also some people from outside. So, you know, we had Kenta Kabashi in, we had Manami Toyota in. So we're, we've got the legends coming in with the new people. So give us a shout. Hell yes. I am Aubrey Edwards with Will Washington. This has been Chris Hero. Thank you so much for listening to AEW Unrestricted. Let's fucking go. Yes! <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.